How is data transforming business? Presented by Enterprise Management 360 and moderated by Donna Burbank. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Data Transforming Business, as we explore ways in which artificial intelligence, or AI, can transform the way organizations do business in today's digital economy. AI might conjure up images of robots in science fiction movies, but AI has become mainstream in today's data-driven economy. It's already powering applications such as recommendation engines, fraud detection, and industrial automation. But is AI the wave of the future, set to transform the way we do business with unprecedented efficiency and scale? Or is it a risk to be avoided, set to replace human beings with automated machines? Today, we have Spencer Doyle, the Chief Business Development Officer of Noodle AI, with us here today to give us his perspective on the industry. His couple has been noodling over these issues for many years and has a unique perspective to offer. Welcome, Spencer. Thank you, Donna. Good to have you here today. So I want to ask you just a way to start, because I think everybody has heard the word AI and has their own perceptions, but you who are in the business, there's been a lot of buzz in the industry around AI, its benefits, and what it can bring to an organization. But with that buzz often comes some confusion and some misconceptions about what AI really entails. What is your definition of artificial intelligence and some guidelines that an organization can use to determine whether AI might be right for them? Uh, Yeah, our definition of artificial intelligence is enterprise artificial intelligence. Uh, Building artificial intelligence and moving the art and science of data science from a back office function to a front office function capable of helping decision makers within organizations make better decisions by adding a predictive element to the decision making process. The way to think of that is to think of comparison to a a thermostat. Uh, The way organizations currently work today um, work very similar to the way thermostats have run our homes for the past many decades, Uh, very rules-based. The thermostat goes on at 7 o'clock and it goes off at 8 o'clock at night, and that is a rule that you run your, your heating bill by. But within those rules, there's inefficiency, right, Donna? There's times when it's raining outside and you want that thermostat to be on. And there's times when it's hot outside in that rules-based period of time that you want that thermostat to be off. And so there's a different type of way of looking at a rules-based system, which is basically a probabilistic system. And uh, the type of systems we build is a probabilistic system for industry. So you can think of Noodle as a Nest thermostat. Um, The new generation of thermostats take into account different variables, variables about the weather outside. They don't operate purely by rules. They operate also by input from external signals. And that's the best way to think about what we're doing for industry here at Noodle. We're learning conditions uh, and we're learning conditions through habits that save enterprises money, increase efficiency and reduce waste. I think that's a great example, especially as everyone has a smart device in their home. And, and, I, and I think you bring up a good point that I know myself, I, I have a programmable thermostat and I keep thinking I'm going to be cold in the middle of the night and I keep waking up hot. You know, and sometimes the technology can tell us things that we don't see ourselves, you know, they can detect those patterns. So, yeah, I think that's a great analogy. I think especially as smart homes are something that everybody is starting to have. But even though everybody, I I think, is excited, many people are excited about AI, I think there's also some mixed emotions when it comes to AI, especially as it comes to the human side of technology. You know, people, maybe rightly so, conjure up images of robots taking over the jobs of living, breathing human beings. But 
I think others, more visionaries in the industry, think of a more utopian image of the world with augmented intelligence that can make your job easier and free from the mundane tasks we don't want to do, like getting up and shutting off my thermostat. So where do you stand on that sort of wide spectrum? Is it something that can help our lives? Is it something we should be afraid of? Where do, where do you think is a realistic assessment of that? At Noodle AI, we look at it as opportunity and not threat. I think we believe that without this type of technology, we cannot take advantage of the opportunity to amass this uh, and make sense of the amount of data that our, our, our population is generating about the activity we have in our life and organizing this world in a way that makes efficient use of our global resources. We look at it here as a planet that is moving towards 10 billion people a planet that we need to make radically more efficient. And we also look at the world as a world that has become far more interconnected and complex. And in that complexity, some of the decisions that need to be made have gone past the capability of a human being being able to assimilate or correlate all of the necessary data points needed to make an accurate decision. And so that's how we think of these systems. We think of these systems as being able to help a human being assimilate more information than ever before possible at the point of time that the decision needs to be made. And therefore, that decision is more accurate and therefore efficiencies are achieved. And the practical application of that becomes a world without waste or a supply chain that isn't over buffered on its inventory stocks, leading to more warehouses that need to be built, leading to more CO2 that needs to be drained from the environment. So we see it all as one interconnected web where without using artificial intelligence, we will actually drive inefficiency and waste into the world. Whereas using this type of technology, we will be empowered to make the right decisions so that we can grow, we can prosper, but we can also do it without damaging the global environment. That's an excellent way of thinking about it. I think, you know, especially as you're thinking of manufacturing and, and the industry, I think I don't think anyone questions that we would sew our clothes by hand at a, at a massive scale. But now that we're in the, you know, the information age, you're right. I, we can't even begin to process the amount of information we could be using. And that's a perfect example of sort of automating information, right? So one of the examples um, I hear a lot about, and I'd love your opinion, is this idea of the industrial internet and the internet of things, where there's a lot of research and interest, you know, partly because of the point you just brought up, that idea of cost savings. I loved your take on sort of the savings of CO2 emissions and, and really sort of helping the environment with that. Do you have any other examples you want to share of how you can use AI in this industrial and manufacturing space? Yes, we'd love to share our examples because they're exciting projects to be working on. The manufacturing space in particular is rife with opportunity to apply this type of technology to see radical gains in efficiency, uh, cost, or actually uh, revenue gains. So uh, the way we look at it is we look at an entire business process or an entire manufacturing process and you sub-segment it into areas where prediction or a predictive insight can be interjected into the decision-making process for, for, for ultimate good. The results of that are being able to predict demand, which can reduce inventory. This can be achieved by using our apps to help planners make improved global and regional inventory allocation decisions and target setting based on predicted shortages. You can reduce transportation costs within your 3P 
your transportation and distribution network. Our applications uh, generate improved visibility in order to execute targeted expedites informed by predicted versus perceived risk in the supply chain, which thereby reduces overall expedite frequency. So better inventory in the right place, less expedite, less money spent moving product from one place where it needs to be to the place where it should have been to begin with. Uh, lost sales recovery. We uh, built an application for a global 500 organization by aligning supply chain planners along the value chain from materials managers all the way to resource planners and inventory managers. So stringing that entire process together to empower all of them to use our apps to make consistent actions, prioritizing and allocating the capacity and inventory to high-risk SKUs and DCs. So the applications are myriad. The opportunity to identify where there is excess buffer in the supply chain and reduce it using uh, uh, AI technology, that is, that is our sole objective with this with this, uh, with this platform in this company. Yeah, I mean, those examples make so much sense, something that the human eye isn't going to be able to just look at it and see, but you know, this is all data-driven, so let, let the technology help. Pour avoir un site bien conçu et bien référencé, il y a ceux qui galèrent bien. Et puis, il y a les autres, ceux qui veulent créer eux-mêmes leur site facilement et ceux qui préfèrent ne rien faire. Pour eux, Yono s'occupe de tout. Ce qui est sûr, c'est qu'avec Yonos, on peut toujours faire appel à son conseiller personnel, comme s'il était dans le bureau d'à côté. À choisir, vous préférez quoi Un tuto ou un conseiller que vous finirez par tutoyer À bientôt sur Yonos, ionos.fr slash podcast. Bonne écoute. Le point. À la barre est un podcast de Marc Le Plongeon, journaliste police-justice au point. On considère aujourd'hui qu'ils ont fait l'histoire. Ils, un ensemble d'hommes et de femmes dont le procès retentissant a déclenché un débat de société. Madame, monsieur, merci de vous avancer à la barre. Vous pouvez écouter à la barre et tous les podcasts proposés par Le Point sur Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Deezer, Spotify ou sur votre application de podcast préférée. So those are some great examples from from industry, and I and I think the good news of AI, for good or bad, I guess, is that so many of us are sort of accustomed to AI type technologies in our life through Siri and Alexa, and and these become positively addicting, right? Because they're just so efficient and they do make our lives easier. So I think people can, you know, even folks that may not be able to understand supply chain can sort of understand the idea. But I guess the negative is this is an emerging technology, and a lot of us have run into examples where we get kind of a funny response from Siri. Or you know, I, I was lost once trying to find an, an Indian restaurant near my house, and I said, "Siri, find Kathmandu," and she responded, "In, in 12,000 miles." You know, she was trying to send me to Kathmandu, the city. Um, And so I think we all have some of those funny examples as the systems sort of get trained. And I, I'm sure a lot of the listeners would love to hear it from the expert. When this happens, what piece has gone wrong? Is, is it that there isn't enough of a data set? Is the underlying data quality bad? Is it a bad algorithm, user error? I mean, how might this apply to industry? Any thoughts from you of when we get these mistakes, are there really mistakes or what's behind that? Well, Donna, I think uh, the answer to that is that I'm, I'm happy to say that I think humans are still ahead of the machines in this great race, and 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 that we are training these AI to be more like us, with the hope that they can ultimately help and make our jobs easier, our lives easier, our planet easier, and more efficient. 
That being said, what's gone wrong? Sometimes it is a lack of training data. That is certainly the case. Uh, But the the way I think about this more uh, when these things happen is we're transitioning from a world where we are rules-based to a world where the machines are guessing at probability and trying to get to a point of probability that seems almost artificial. Where how could that machine possibly have known that? When I'm leaving my house and, and Siri tells me it's going to be 35 minutes to work, Apple didn't ask my permission to start sending me that. AI just started happening for me. And quite frankly, it was a pleasant, nice surprise. It it surprised me that it was able to understand that. And does it get it wrong a lot? Yes. But is it transparent enough that it doesn't cause it doesn't add more value than it detracts from my life? And the answer at this point in time is yes. So to the extent that AI makes things more efficient, makes things more valuable, even when it's getting it wrong, um, the best AI is is constantly improving, constantly learning and getting it right more often than it gets it wrong. And more importantly, it's transparent. It sits behind the scenes and it augments our, our lives without interfering with our lives. And I think that as human beings and as we all learn to get more comfortable with an AI that is guessing at what's good for us versus an AI that's been rules-based and told what is good for us. And as these systems get to know us better and know our preferences better and become more intelligent and more interconnected, I think you will find a transition in in the experience of using AI that will move from what feels like right now a little bit of a probabilistic, um, I'll use the term, uh, 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 just kind of sometimes guessing to something that feels almost artificially rules-based, almost like how did it possibly know, how did the AI possibly know that about me? Because it seems like it knew that. It wasn't guessing, it actually knew that. And that's, I think, the part where we all say, wow, that felt I felt like it was artificial intelligence. It felt felt strangely intelligent. And and I think you bring up a good point that there's still people in this process. People wrote the algorithms. And I think people also need to, you brought up a good point as well, of, of know how to interpret the results. It is not magic, right? It knew that you were driving to work and, and you can get your, your GPS signals. And, and I think that's a, a wise thing for people to think of. A, how can it get the data and do we know? And, and what more data sets could you feed it to make it more helpful? People need to learn how to interact with these new technologies as well. And, and I think a lot of people listening probably, they've joined this podcast because they are excited about the opportunities for AI. And I think it's an honest question from a lot of people saying, do they have the capabilities now to start? Is this something that just the large organizations can do, things like Google? <laughs> or do you think there's an entry port for smaller companies to get their foot in the door with things like AI? What do you think? Really why we uh, founded Noodle AI to begin with was to help organizations who may not have been founded in today's day and age with the idea that they would run their business on a platform of machine learning models, help make that transition from that old world to the new world. And and Noodle AI was founded with the idea that uh, we needed to provide a platform and a service that would allow data science to move from the back office to a front office application, meaning that for too many years, the art and science of data science has sat between 
data scientists uh, sitting on laptops working on individual projects that aren't connected with the enterprise and feeding that information to a small group of executives who would interpret and, and attempt to operationalize those insights. And building a set of technology, a platform and a delivery capability to productionalize data science in a way that you would productionalize in the way we have productionalized HR systems and finance systems. Why can't the insight from a machine learning model be used to help hundreds of decision makers make decisions? Why is it just a back office, single executive type of experience when the power of it is so profound, it should be being used by every decision maker every day that the business is operating. So the business was founded with the idea that we can not only use these corporate data assets that are currently sitting in ERP systems and systems of record and data warehouses, all of this great data inside an organization that is is ready to be used for training purposes, for machine learning models, combined with uh, external data sets that can inform the models and help the models' predictive accuracy build a, a, a platform, a, a set of uh, technology that will help companies transform from a rules-based set of decision-making to a probabilistic uh, set of decision-making and, and help companies make that transition that didn't necessarily start off with the luxury of understanding that this is where it was going to be going. That was why we founded Noodle AI, and that is why we built this, uh, this company to support the companies that are interested in going on that journey with us. Uh, that was the founding, founding reason for our company. So it is accessible, and, and it's accessible through, through technology platforms like, like, uh, like Noodle AI. So I'd be curious a little more what that looks like, because I think people are, are getting their heads around things like scalability through the cloud, whereas they can now host the data sets, you know, the, at the scale that Amazon can, you know, because I think those capabilities. But what you're offering, just to be clear, you actually have some teams of data scientists that can augment their team. So it's not only just that the data, but it's a whole platform of writing the algorithms and working with them to, to make it fit, right? It's a cloud-based service. It's a subscription-based service, and it is a technology platform. The people behind the scenes that write the software and write the AI, that complexity is hidden from our customers. So we are a subscription-based technology service. You actually license the insight through our application suite, and our application suite allows you to deploy uh, this insight predictably and into the enterprise environment in a way that your knowledge workers are used to consuming information. Uh, so it is, in fact, an entire set of uh, delivery capabilities, both from the hardware capacity and necessity to the actual IP of where, where should I apply AI inside my supply chain across materials cost, across sourcing, across bomb fills, across scheduling, across on-time yield and quality, across asset health. It's, it's all of those different application areas that across the supply chain that you come to Noodle AI for and you subscribe to the services, the information services of the uh, insights generated by the platform. 
I mean, I think that's a good point to make because I think, you know, I've run into companies that are a bit overwhelmed when they, they realize the complexity of AI. Does that mean I have to buy a bunch of new machines and have a bunch of scalability and hire a bunch of data scientists? You know, a lot of this already has been done is what you're saying. It does, you don't have to be the one developing everything from scratch. So I think that's heartening for people. We consider ourselves a plug and play environment, both from the infrastructure needed to really turn this capability on overnight to the where to focus this technology within your supply chain function such that it will yield high value and uh, and quick time to value. We've taken that onus on ourselves. We've identified where to apply machine learning technology across the supply chain. And, and it's really a matter of engaging with us to have us work with you to get your data into our platform so that we can start delivering that predictive insight back into the enterprise that you work for. Yeah, no, that's great. I, I think this will be helpful to a lot of people. Ever so many people are thinking of AI. And I know I could talk about this all day, but unfortunately we are out of time. But thank you for your insights. And thanks for the listeners for joining this episode of Data Transforming Business. We look forward to seeing you on, on our next episode where we'll explore other ways that data can improve the way you do business in today's digital economy. How is data transforming business? This podcast was presented by Enterprise Management 360 and moderated by Donna Burbank. Head to em360tech.com for more. Pour avoir un site bien conçu et bien référencé, il y a ceux qui galèrent bien. Et puis il y a les autres, ceux qui veulent créer eux-mêmes leur site facilement et ceux qui préfèrent ne rien faire. Pour eux, Yono s'occupe de tout. Ce qui est sûr, c'est qu'avec Yonos, on peut toujours faire appel à son conseiller personnel, comme s'il était dans le bureau d'à côté. À choisir, vous préférez quoi Un tuto ou un conseiller que vous finirez par tutoyer À bientôt sur Yonos, ionos.fr slash podcast. Bonne écoute